I'm going to read now. I've done more of this, I guess, lately than I have in the past. I'm going to read a scripture. I just want something that it says in there, and then I'm going to, I'm not going back to the scripture per se. Earlier this week, the Lord, early one morning, like I heard Brother Moss mention different times, he enjoys that morning time. I love sitting there when the sunlight's trying to come up and reading and praying. And One, I know my wife is quite a while from waking up. She's not a morning, morning person. And um, no, not a morning, 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 morning. She's not. But uh, I want to talk along the subject, what God wants. You know, I know what I like. I know what things that we come into church, the singing, I, it, it all just touched me today. I don't care. It touched me. I know the things that I like and the things that I enjoy. Um, I know the type of services that I really do like. Now, if you're, if you're saying, oh, you shouldn't do that, you do it too. There's certain styles. I know of people that the best service they can have is when you're boohooing. The more you cry, the better service. Some people like to shout. Some people like to sit there in total quietness. But what does God want? In Jeremiah, the 36th chapter, the Lord speaks to the prophet at a time of great wrong in the nation of Israel. Maybe in the world that we're living in now is an appropriate comparison to what it was. There's great sin in our world. In our world. Verse 1 of, of chapter 36 and it came to pass in the fourth year of Jehoiakim, the son of Josiah, the king of Judah, that the word, now here it is, that the word of the Lord came unto Jeremiah from the Lord. And this is what the Lord said. Take a row of a book and write on this row. All the words, everything that I have spoken to you against Israel and against Judah and against all the nations from the day that I first began to speak to you, from the days of Josiah even unto today. Verse 3, the Lord, now, I've had this underscored in my Bible for many years, 
and I read it many times. The Lord said, it may be that the house of Judah will hear. Maybe they're going to listen. Maybe someone is going to catch this is really from God. They're here all the things, the evil that I purpose to do unto them. It's in my plans because of how they're living. And here's what he's saying. There's a possibility that they may return every man from his evil way that I may forgive their iniquity and their sin. The Lord said, they've walked over me. They've turned their backs to me. They've laughed and mocked at everything I wanted to do to help them. He said, I'm getting ready to finally bring a judgment. But he said, let's give them one more chance. Maybe, maybe someone will hear what I plan on doing. And maybe they will turn and you see what I want to do. I want to forgive them. I don't want to destroy them. I don't want to judge them. I don't want to bring them down. What I want to do is forgive them. I cannot get away this morning. I could, I could make this as simple as, as I've ever, ever preached in my life. But I have felt an unction of the Spirit of God throughout the last couple of days that God longs to forgive God longs to get things right. God longs to say, I hear you and I want you and I'm going to embrace you and come to me. I'm going to say this because I will not get back to it. God help any one of us that can ever look at someone else's past and we hold that over their heads in the future. If God forgives them, who am I to say, oh no? Who am I to remind? But you don't know. But I know God. And if God can say, I'm giving them a chance before I bring it down, I'm giving them an opportunity. I'm giving them a chance. You know, I, I, churches are meeting with God. It's not a place. It's not a building. Moses had a church in the wilderness in front of a burning bush. Church is the place that I meet God. It is at that place because of it that we are able to find a relationship with God. I don't want to just know about Him. I don't want to just hear about Him. I definitely don't want God to 
be forced into my box of what I think God ought to be. I want a relationship with God. Now, I could go on. I'm not going to go on it, a tangent. But there are some vital elements that are necessities. Drew, I've complimented, and I've picked on you. I tend to do that to a lot of people. But Drew, the way you've come into this and embraced this, it, and I, I see you taking notes, and I see how you're reaching. There are some things, whether it's a Drew Webb or a Richard Price or whoever it might be, there's some vital elements in our walking with God that are essentials. I, I, it's not just I know who Jesus is. No. Brother Brett, I got to know who Jesus is through the mighty God in Christ. Okay? I've got to know. And I, just case in point, and I'm not going to get on any of these. We read and we talk in Hebrews 11th chapter, verse 6. It said, but without faith it is impossible to please God. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. Look at it, what it's saying. You must believe that God exists. That's the basic fundamental element of walking with God. But I've got these things going on in my life. If you ever get it in your innermost that God really is, from there you begin to get all sorts of workings of God. If there is a God, then there's a God who loves me. If there's a God who loves me, there's a God who will help me. If there's a God who will help me, there's a God who wants to deliver me. If there's a God who deliver me, there's a God that going to save me. I want you to hear me. You are not in any dilemma that God cannot bring you out of. You are not in any situation that God cannot help you through if you will trust in Him. One of the most blessed gifts that we receive from God is the ability to repent. Now, I'm not going to give a lesson on repentance, but I am going to give you what I, my heart, and I, I'm, I've been asking God all day yesterday, and this morning started at 2.30. I didn't even want to think about church at 2.30. I'm sorry. But I have... My heart has been broken for something, and I've asked God, please put it on my mind. Let me know why so I know. I want to say repentance opens the door for you and I to be able to approach God. The lack of it closes the door. 
I don't care where you are in your walk with God. You could have you could have been living for him for the last hundred years, but if you have something that needs to be repented of and you've not repented, quit fooling yourself. You've got a closed door and you're not going to get what God wants to give you. There's a walk with God that belongs to us. Earlier this week I was reading, I think Monday I believe, I was reading in the scriptures and I... I I came across something or read something that I have not been able to get out of my mind. And it opened up into what I'm going to be what I'm talking about this morning. A scripture that as I read it, I read it, reread it, I read it some more. I've been reading it almost every day. But it's been placed, I believe you said it this morning. But Paul, that the things of God, they're, there's, they're on purpose. They're plans. This word has been, what well, you said it, Brother Brett, also this morning, the way the word of God is formatted. What's in this word has been given for a reason. And I looked at this scripture and my first thought is, Run by it. But it's been given to us so that we might see how God sees things. You know, all the kings of Israel, Judah, we we read all about them, the wickedness, the broke. You know, after David, it seemed like everybody just, and they were all warned, if you follow like David did, I'll bless you, I'll be there. God help us as a church to understand, if we walk with God, God's got to give us a promise, He's going to bless us. But don't you understand, if I fail God, that blessing is removed. God doesn't owe me anything. God gives me if I obey Him. God blesses me if I follow Him. And that's where this is at. But, but one of the kings that, that seems to be a limelight of kings in comes and I'm not going to read scriptures this morning but it starts in 1 Kings chapter 16 and it concludes in the 22nd chapter of 1 Kings but it starts out we're introduced to a guy named Ahab and this is how we're, our introduction comes and Ahab the son of Omri did evil in the sight of the Lord above all that were before him well you've accomplished something after all the warnings. But you know what? It dawned on me early this morning. In that 22 years that we have five to six chapters about this wicked king, he sees some of the most powerful moments occur that's happened in the Word of God. It's in his time that the heavens are shut up by the Word of God. It's in his, his time. He may not have known it, but the ravens fed the prophet and the widow's oil and the meal. It was at his time that God brings a boy back to life. 
He did see the fire fall from heaven. He saw some mighty things. How God was working and how God was trying to speak. But the king closed his own ears. So for these years, he never looks to God. I thank God for this service this morning. I really do. I thank God for what I have felt from the moment this, the, but when the first word started through every song. God sends the prophet in 1 Kings 21. I'm just giving you this for later reference. And he says, I want you to speak against Ahab. I want you to tell all the bad things. And verse 17 through verse 24 is a list of wrong that the king Ahab has done. And so when all this is gone, verse 25 he says, But there was none like unto Ahab which did sell himself to work wickedness in the sight of the Lord, whom Jezebel his wife had stirred up. He did very abominably. If it's an abomination to God ever was, it will be from now on. I, we can't fool ourselves and we can't lead ourselves to believe it. It's okay now. If it was that type of wrong, it's still that type of wrong. He did abominably in following idols. He looked, he worshipped the gods of the Amorites who the Lord cast out and gave them the land. He said, I want you to tell him I'm going to destroy his whole family. I'm going to destroy everything he ever had. And if you read that later, he paints a very bleak picture. But then I read something. Blake had just burned. Verse 27 of 1 Kings chapter 21. And it came to pass. When Ahab heard those words that he rent his clothes put sackcloth upon his flesh he fasted and he lay in sackcloth and went softly what's that saying is he humbled himself he walked around he was depressed he was broken this is the same man that the Lord said he did more wickedness and evil than any that was ever before him or any that was after him. This is the same man because he had a desire for a vineyard that a man, a Naboth owned. They had Naboth killed and he took the vineyard. You can't go back and undo some things. Somebody hear me. You can't go back and correct some of your wrongs. They're there. You can't go back and undo them. Naboth will always be dead. But oh, thanks be to God. There's a God in heaven that looks at us and he sees repentance. Thanks be to God. It said, after when Ahab heard it, he did all these things. A sackcloth was a type of 
mourning and humble and bringing himself down. Verse 28, the word of the Lord came to Elijah and it said, do you see how Ahab humbles himself before me? Look at it. The blood of Naboth is still on the ground. All the idols are still in place. The wickedness, the nation that he's ruined. But what does God say? I saw a man repent. I saw a man humble himself. And God said, do you see what Ahab's doing? Do you understand he's humbled himself? God said, I will not bring the evil that I spoke in his day, but it's going to be in his son's day. I'll bring it upon his house. I'm going to let Ahab go to his grave in peace. Why? Did he, did he undo any of this? No. But he repented about it. He went to God over it. He called on God and he said, I want, I've got to understand. I need to learn how repentance really works. I, I looked at that, I'm going to tell you. Paul, I looked at this and it, it honestly, I thought, how is this verse possible? This is the most wicked king by the word of God. But this wicked king repented. I want you to understand something. There is so much power in repentance. There is, there is so much. There is beyond power. I'm not talking about what you look at yourself I'm, you may never be able, and I hope to God you will, you may never forgive yourself, but you got to understand God will forgive you when you repent. You may think others are looking, and God have mercy if they are accusing, but if, if God's forgiven you... My Lord, help me to never turn anything except I accept what God has done your way. You don't need to walk in that pit. You don't need to walk in that despair. What I want you to understand, what God wants this morning is for your life to turn around and you to say, I've touched God. Oh. You see, ah, you can never hide sin from God. You can cover it up. No one sees me. But the only one that matters is Him. You can't hide it. But it can be removed. It can be removed. This hit me. I thought about this, and I felt like I needed to say this. Some never know real victory because of unrepented sin. I'm trying to go ahead and live it anyway. I'm trying to go ahead. And all I'm telling you is, you don't have to confess it to me. You just tell God, 
I want this out. I'm sorry for what I've done. I'm sorry for my failure. Oh, that sounds cheap. No, no, no. Not when you, it, remember, it started out, he that cometh to God must believe that he exists. I believe that God's real. If I believe God's real, when I speak his name, and again, we've heard it so powerfully this morning, when I speak the name of Almighty God, Jesus, I am sorry for my messed up life. Jesus, I, well, I, I don't know if I can name everything. Just tell him. I'm sorry for where I've been and what I've done and how I've acted in God. I want my life clean. I want my life clean. I cut everything I was going to do at least in half this morning. I'm going to tell you, and I am just, I feel beyond Assured this is from God. I felt to preach this. If sin has been in your life, and don't give me this silliness, we sin every day, we're all sinners. Once I come to God, Bible said God hates sin and he hates the sinner. But when I come to him in repentance, the sinner dies out. The sin is removed. When I'm baptized in the name of Jesus Christ, why that? Because the Bible said the name of Jesus, when they were asked, be baptized in the name of Jesus Christ for the remission, the removal of those sins. When that happens, the doors open. I come to God. The sinner, the wicked, the failure, he dies. She dies. If sin has been in your life and you feel like sometimes I've been hopelessly, a hopeless failure, hear me. If you've repented, it's over. Stop feeling that way. If you've really repented, stop. You don't have to keep beating yourself up for something I did in the past. If I now, if you plan on going back out and doing it again, that's a different story. I'm leaving a dead man at a grave and I'm going to take him to the watery grave and when I come up out of there that's why it said he comes up in a newness of life I'm leaving what I was there don't take don't go back out in the graveyard and dig that up don't go back and say I've got to put no 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 I'm leaving that I'm leaving that stop beating yourself up stop stop waking up and saying, but I've failed. It's time to stop failing. Leave it at an altar. Stop reminding yourself I failed God. God's forgotten me. want somebody in this house I do not do this very often not I don't 
approach it in this manner. But I felt beyond strong that God was here to help somebody stand up and let's go on. Let's not talk about yesterday. Let's talk about today and tomorrow. Let's not look at all the stuff. I, I, I just, I don't feel to preach beyond it. Let's stand together, would you? This isn't a judgmental thing. This is I need God thing. This is I need Him in my heart. I need Him in my life. I need Him. I need Him. You understand with me. If I commit a wrong and I don't ask God to forgive me where I'm at now, at this place in my life, I've shut the door. I can't afford to do that where we're standing in God. The mercy of God, the love of God has been in this building this morning and He's here right now. And I am asking somebody, are you ready to let your life live what God wants from you? Are you understanding that God is saying, tell Him again, maybe somebody will hear what I'm going to do. Maybe somebody will reach out. Maybe somebody will feel. Are there any others that would like to come? Any others? There's, there's victory in the house right now. There's victory in the house right now. Hallelujah. I'm asking you to make your way. Let's talk to God. Let's open it up to God. Let's bring it to God. Strength is perfect in all of my weakness. Lord, I am broken. My life is in pieces, but your strength is perfect.